And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Are you drinking chocolate milk, Doc Manson? At Doc Manson? Sort of. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Are you drinking chocolate almond milk or chocolate soy milk or something? Something. I am drinking chocolate oat milk. Okay. They now, milked oats. I don't know if you know a, this, DC you're, Matthews. You're a scientist. All, all oats have tiny little nipples. And when you get down there with tiny little tweezers, you can get milk out of them. You and then are of the course, best. thank you so much. There are chocolate oats, and the chocolate oats, when you squeeze their nipples, that's how you get chocolate oat milk. I'm pretty sure that's science. I was gonna say, you are the scientist, so I default to you in these situations. Um, do almonds also have these things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got all sorts of nipples. You know how dogs have like eight nipples? Oh. Almonds have eight nipples. Oat just has two. I really need a little notepad to jot down the prospective titles for these episodes. Because right now we're at the two-minute mark. Not even. And Almonds Have Eight Nipples is a strong contender. You're right. I've always really appreciated when you put your title suggestions into the email. It really saves me from having to think. And I hate thinking. Well, you know, we have besties um, and Pav who, um, who, you know, have these encyclopedic memories about our shows and are like, you remember that time back in November of 2016 when you said, and I'm like, we, if you gave us a comprehension quiz half an hour after we finished recording about the show we just recorded, we would not score a hundred percent. No, I, I honestly have difficulty remembering enough to write those short little one sentence blurbs that go in the show notes. Like if I could remember more, I would write more, but I typically can't remember anything. Maybe I should be taking notes. I feel like about things. If you would like, since you do put the podcast together, which I do appreciate, I can scribe a little bit and now not only send you prospective show titles, but I can, you know, at least give you, we talked about this because personally, now that I've just come to terms with the fact that we're never going to be famous off this. We'll be no, famous never. for other things, but yeah. not this. Um, I There is a part of me that is like, well, you know, we should just, the subject line for the description of the podcast should always just say, a podcast. And that's it. Is that, is that not going to work? Is that a bad idea? I mean, you know, that's very descriptive and a surefire way to attract new listeners. All right. So today is March 21st. Happy spring, everyone. Happy spring. Wasn't that yesterday, the uh, first day of spring? Yes, but we haven't spoken to either each other or the besties since then, so I wanted to All right. Well, yes, spring has sprung. Here we are. All right. In spring. Almonds have eight nipples. It's written down on my right. homemade folder or my homemade notebook. 
uh, that's remember, some real professional binding I'm seeing. Do you remember it's staples? Do you remember um, the yellow notebook paper that we had to use when we were kids? Yes, 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 I do. You know, it had the blue line. Some of it had the little dotted line in the middle. Some did not. We have a bunch of this still in the basement of the school I work at. And so our administrators are always like, here, please use this paper. So I took a bunch of it, put it inside a folder, stapled it, and brought myself home a notebook. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Moleskin should be terrified because if you decided to mass produce those babies, I mean... Everybody would want a notebook in the DC Matthews style. I'm just well, saying. Thank you. It'd be very popular. Is it actually the skin of moles? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and But funny enough, you don't actually have to like remove it forcefully. Uh, mammals don't normally you know, molt, but moles do. So periodically, you can just sort of go into their mole holes, uh, reach around... And uh, yeah, you just you just go ahead and you do a reach around in the mole hole. <laughs> um, I mean, hold on, that's... let me write down that perspective title. <laughs> <laughs> yep, plenty of mole skin to go around. I always say. Well, I can tell this is going to be a, a, one of those podcasts that's like you want to know why it gets that e next to its name. Let yeah. me tell you. Do you have to yeah. do that, or does it do it for you? Like, is like how uh, does no? That... I just, I've just defaulted to hitting the checkbox for the E on every episode now. Um, I because even with the episodes where we don't swear, there's probably enough innuendo that you know. <laughs> in your endo, we've discussed yeah. backdoor donuts. We're explicit for life. That's right. That's right. Uh, how is your life, Doc Manson? How is my life? I mean, it's pretty good. I'm a little hungry, and watching you eat in front of me is is, is very rude. I got brought food. The first time ever, I think. I know. I, I honestly, in the three years we've been doing this show, three years? Almost four now. Almost four. I, don't, I can't remember a single time that Mrs. Matthews has, yeah. one, brought you food, but two... No, okay, I was going to say, I can't, I, although I'm not sure. I was going to say, I can't remember a time that she's even come into the room uh, once we started recording. Yeah, but she's, she she's been in the room. When we're recording at Manson Manor, sometimes she is there. Well, yeah, not often, that's true. But sometimes that's true. she is there. Um, <clears throat> she has come to the door many times, but this was the first yeah. time she came into the room. And she was saying, I'm going to make these little, we have the mini nons. I don't know if you've seen them. I don't know if you can eat non. Can you eat non? Is that is that non? Is that a food you're non-able to eat? <laughs> <laughs> it's not food that I'm really supposed to eat, but I actually might be eating non later tonight. So so they we found them actually in the Great White North. They have little mini ones. Okay. Little, like perfect for dipping into hummus and things of that nature. And so <clears throat> we buy them now. We found them in our own Mega Mart. <clears throat> and so she was making little mini pizzas. And she, so she had offered oh, cool. him, and, and then I heard from you, and you were like, I could be good to go in five minutes. And she was like, oh, I'll bring him in to you. And I was flabbergasted. She's amazing. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> uh, yeah, because I, we, we, I think Mrs. Manson might be downstairs making some, I don't know how you pronounce it, I forget, like chicken tiki masala or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, so that we we'll probably have some none with that. I'm not sure if that's exactly what she's making, but I think it is. There is an Indian restaurant not far from us, and we talk about it all the time, wanting to go in order just to, because I am very unfamiliar with Western Asian food. 
And so, uh, but we we've never gotten around to it. Maybe this weekend we'll we'll venture out and try. Yeah, some go things. for it. I'm not a fan of spicy though. That's that. That's okay. That's that authentic Chinese restaurant that you used to go to uh, by the deli. Oh yeah, that place is real good. Yeah, but, but again, I'm not used to. You probably shouldn't eat there. I'm not used to spice. So yeah, is is yeah. is chicken tiki masala spicy or is it just flavorful because of the aromatic? Uh, you know, spices? I can't I can't speak with a hundred percent certainty, but I think it's typically not spicy. Um, something akin to like a butter chicken idea. Okay. Sorta, sure. you know, um, it's like a tomatoey sauce with certainly full of cumin and uh, not, not turducken, uh, <laughs> turmeric. Is that what I'm looking yes. for? The word? Yeah. It is. Thank you. <coughs> turducken T- was all that was coming to mind, and Tungsten. I was like, "This is not John Madden's house around Thanksgiving oh, time." Yeah. Although if you Anyways. put turmeric on turducken, it would probably taste pretty good. It probably would. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Good luck with that. Sounds good uh, to me. But yeah, no, it was it was no, life delicious. Life is going okay. It's been a busy week. Not really. It's spring break, so it's been pretty slow. Well, that's at work, true. But I have been keeping busy though, because uh, I'm sure because you know yeah. you get the crunch time. Because when they get back, what is it? Four, five, six weeks, and then yeah, I mean, spring break happens at such. a pretty good part of the semester. So I think there's probably a good good five or six six weeks. I think left. So okay. Well, yeah, no, it's been a, a fine week for me as well, and we're, you know, we've got, we're not on break. We've got, I think, three weeks and some change <clears throat> before our uh, April vacation, and then it's eight weeks after that, and it's back to a yet another summer. It just actually occurs to me that I think I was supposed to take today off and hang out with GQ. I think he asked me that, like... Two weeks ago, and that came but I didn't and hear went. from him. Now that I think about it. <clears throat> well, GQ, you blew it, man. Huh? But he doesn't have a break now, does he? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. A I mystery. don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't hear from him. Maybe we miscommunicated the dates. I, I don't know. Well, there's there's three weeks until my break. You've got you know six weeks until the end of your semester. Uh, I believe there's only two weeks until whoa whoa WrestleMania fighting to survive. Whoa whoa WrestleMania. People have been asking at Twitter like, "What what's the best WrestleMania theme song?" And I'm like, That's "There it. is no answer other than that one." Correct. Anything, that is, don't that give is me flow. While while I do enjoy sitting in my house on my couch eating some pretzels and watching guys wrestle, uh, that is not. I hate you. The by best. The way. Is that now stuck in your head? No, I hate you for denying us, <clears throat> me, the world, the DDT besties. You hate Nerd DC every time he comes on. I yes, but that's the shtick. <laughs> I'm supposed to hate him. Oh, that's I, it. I love Nerd DC. I gotta well, tell I'm gonna cut that out of the show, but <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm writing that down as a perspective title too. Um, <clears throat> no desire. I will watch huh? WrestleMania. And I will watch TakeOver, but I'm not even trying to keep up on Hulu. 
like Kofi Kingston wrestled an hour long gauntlet match to try to get his WrestleMania title shot. And I was just like, eh. yeah, you know. Ronda Rousey wrestled Dana Brooke on Raw. And I was like, eh. yeah, but in fairness, that was a 17 second match. So it was. But still, um, <clears throat> things are happening in wrestling. And I am while I'm still planning on watching that weekend and enjoying every bit of it. I, I yeah, am feeling I less and less weekend. <clears throat> Friday the closer is, we get, the more inclined I am to want to watch. So yeah, Friday is takeover. Uh, I've got the card. If you want to hear it so far, it looks amazing. Well, no, that's amazing. Not true. Parts of it look very good. <clears throat> um, WrestleMania. I've got the card. It looks okay. <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but my excitement is waning a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the Hall of Fame's on Saturday in between, so. who Who is being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year? Uh, that is a great question. Because I honestly have not I paid any attention to that. I know that the official announcements has, DX was the big one. Oh, um, good. DX with China. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the good. Honky, that is good. The Honky Tonk Man. Okay. Which makes sense. It's one of those names you're like, huh, I assumed. I thought everybody hated him, though. We're at the point now where I, I don't know if that's true or not, but he's getting in. Tori Wilson. Okay. Harlem okay. Heat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sue Aitchison. Wait, what? Some longtime employee from WWE is getting the Warrior Award. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's actually, if I recall, that was what Warrior um, wanted from that award. Yeah. So it's actually kind of nice, I guess. Uh, Brutus Beefcake has not been officially announced. I don't know if they're hoping that that's like the other big name. Because while we love Beefcake, I'm not sure how many other people love Beefcake. <clears throat> but well, you know, that's also I, what what's interesting about this is we're only two weeks away and there are five inductions. I don't know. Let's see. Last year there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Not counting the legacy awards, which I don't think is something that's on TV. <clears throat> yes. Someone else has purchased a beefcake shirt. Really? There's been two sold. Was it the V-neck one? Yeah, the old one. I was because as we were talking about the Hall of Fame, Brandon, it occurred to me I Brandon, should check I'm out. Sorry. Yeah, it occurred to me I should check out our our store. So I went to log in. I remembered that the Hall of Fame shirt had not yet been put on the main storefront, so I just did that. So now the original beefcake shirt. No longer for sale. Yes. There's only two copies of that shirt out there. Well, Brandon's um, going to be pretty upset because he wanted it to only be one out there. Well, now there's the Beefcake 2.0 shirt. Yes. It's on the store. Uh, Brandon, I'll, I will make a deal with you. If you want to go ahead and purchase of a copy of, of the 2.0 t-shirt, I will immediately end the campaign after that. All right. That is my offer to you. Send me a DM after it's purchased. 
maybe it'll be in, <laughs> maybe it'll be in the emails. I haven't checked the emails because we usually don't. <clears throat> I have not heard anything from the New Age insiders about which, what. Did you? I didn't listen to last week's episode of our show. Did you delete your thoughts on the Hall of Fame? No, fuck their Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm just saying, <clears throat> I haven't heard anything. I don't know if, if you know, I expected to get some question like, hey, what's going on? Are we good? And I didn't, which either means they're not paying attention to us at all, which is ideal. Or I think that's most likely is they're yeah. not paying attention to us at all. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we don't do predictions and productions anymore, which I'm fine with. But at what point do you want me to run down the cards with you? Or are you good just not knowing and going into WrestleMania weekend <clears throat> just being surprised with whatever shows up? I think I'm okay with being surprised. But so let's let's do this. Tell me Tell me with tell me let me start with this. On the takeover card. Yes. Which match do you think is the biggest stinker on paper? The biggest stinker. Yeah, the biggest stinker. Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle because I don't like Matt Riddle. Really? Why don't you like Matt Riddle? I heard, <laughs> I've heard that he's very talented. Uh, I've heard that he has Have a you killer flip-flop attack. Have you seen him? I mean, I've never seen him. No, that's not true. I saw him knock out Cassius Ono in like two seconds. Yeah. That's the only exposure I've had At to Matt. At no point in my life did I ever wake up and say, you know who I'd like to watch wrestle? Jason Muse. I want I actually Jason would. Muse to put on I would watch some Jason Muse wrestle. I want Jason Muse to put on a bunch of muscle and go out there and be an MMA fighter. The the in-ring work, which is great. He is a excellent wrestler. Does not match the RVD meets Angelico meets <clears throat> Yokozuna with the. So you're flip saying flops. you don't like his look? The bro thing does nothing for me. He starts every promo going, bro. No. Okay. No. Um, but so do you like his in ring work? I do. So that, again, it's takeover. None of those matches are going to be stinkers. Yeah. Okay. But okay. But based off of the characters involved, which is the one I am going to be least interested in watching, the North American title match. Why is that? Because I don't like Matt Riddle. Oh, I didn't realize that was for the North. The American Velveteen title. Dream is the North American champion. I had no idea. Okay. So great. Good for him. Um. Okay. In which case, let's turn it around and which match on Takeover. Do you think looks like pure gold? The all four other matches are at least pure silver. I would go with Gargano's match, but we've watched Gargano's which, matches which have is... versus Adam Cole in a two okay. out of three falls match for the vacant NXT title. Ugh. Okay, so I'm I can't go with that because. Gargano's matches historically are always 10 minutes too long. But that could be because of the storytelling. It could and be. In this case, I don't know. I haven't been watching. Well, and, and the fact it, is, is there a, a well-developed is there a well-developed storyline with No, because Champa just forfeited the belt. 
Okay. So I could see this maybe actually being an appropriately paced match for Gargano. The fact no? that there's a gimmick with the two out of three falls makes me think that. Like, you know, yeah. in the first 12 minutes, we'll get one fall. In the next five minutes after that, we'll get a second fall, you know. Um, but didn't but- they do a, a multi-fall match, him and Ciampa, and that was also too long at some point? I don't remember that, but it's possible. Yeah, I could be misremembering. The one I will go with is Pete Dunn versus Walter. And I think that's because I hope, truthfully, I hope to be watching TakeOver on your beautiful sectional couch. And I want to be watching you when you watch Walter for the first time. Uh, well, you are welcome to come over on Friday, then. All right. I will happily sit there and <clears throat> watch is, Walter. That is, the one, that is the one that I will say is, you know, again, the tag match will be good. The fatal four-way for the women's title will be good. Um, but, yeah, Pete Dunn versus Walter will be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, so whose induction speech are you least looking forward to? I never watched the Hall of Fame. What? Which is hilarious when you consider how much of a historian I am, but I never watch the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think you've told me that multiple times on this show the past few years, and I'm always <clears> surprised <throat> when you say it. Because uh, To answer that question, it will be the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. He will are, talk are they, forever. Um, are they still doing inductor speeches before like you know now, how like, no one somebody... has so if you look at the wikipedia page it says who the inductee is it does not say if there are inductors okay <laughs> i would assume there would be but maybe i not. heard i had heard a rumor that they were going to get rid of those to um speed up the ceremony let me look and see so again if you go to the hall of fame the actual Wikipedia page for this year's Hall of Fame. It has sections for inducted by, but it's possible that they okay. won't. I I would prefer it if they didn't. If it was just, here's a video package on Tori Wilson. Now Tori Wilson gets to talk for six minutes. Here's you know, a video I mean, package on the Honky Tonk Man. I am okay with having you know people to do the inductions, but in the past, some of those speeches have gone for 45 minutes, like before they even introduced the person being inducted. Yeah. I and would, that's too much. Yeah. I think that's that's right. So. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, which match looks like the wettest match? Let me look at the the whole card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The wettest match. Yeah, let us let's evaluate the moistness it, of the competitors. Uh, well, it's got. It. I think it has to be Brock versus Seth. Seth comes out very wet, and Brock Lesnar sweats like no man I've ever seen. <clears throat> Not that he sweats mm. more than any man I've ever seen. I've just never seen sweat work that way. Like it goes perpendicular to his body, like it's moving <laughs> sideways. I don't know how that happens. Um, yeah, yeah. Lesnar versus Rollins will be quite damp. Okay, all right. Um, and which which match is going to have uh, the worst uh, the worst gimmicky entrance? Triple H versus Batista. Yeah, you're right for sure. 
I considered the women's triple threat because, you know, Ronda's going to have some MMA style entrance or something. Um, but yeah, Triple H and Batista, that whole match is the entrance. Batista will yeah. come out all Hollywood. He might be dressed as Drax. You remember Tri- how one year, I think it was the year that Triple H faced Sting? That was the match, right? Didn't one of them came out like as the Terminator or something? Was that in the daylight? That might have been that one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Then that's it. Because Sting came out with the Japanese drums, which I thought was weird. Wearing a red yeah. coat that he never wore in WCW. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, if they hadn't already used the Terminator entrance, I think that would have been a good one for Batista. Yeah. No, I think he comes out, you know. Batista used to have some pretty killer pyro. You know, that machine gun move he used yeah. to do. Oh, he'll do that. You think they're going to do that? Yes. Yeah, WrestleMania is the one show where they don't mind doing pyro. Yeah. Adds yeah. to the spectacle. No, but okay, in all seriousness, though, uh, which match on the card do you think looks apps? Which one's abysmal? Which one are you just not digging? You're just not into it at the moment. Only because it's likely not going to. Well, first of all, I never like the Andre Battle Royal. Yes. I would rather they do something else. The only man announced for that Battle Royal is Braun Strowman. Great. Uh, but taking that off the table, Kurt Angle's wrestling Baron Corbin in Kurt Angle's last match. Now, I saw that. Now, if it's a five-minute match where Angle just beats the crap out of Corbin, sends him packing, it's great. If they try to make it a 14-minute match where Corbin dominates for a good portion of it, people are going to have a hard time with that. Now, apparently today I saw online, WWE is reconsidering. They might change the opponent. They did not, according to the the rumors, they did not expect such a negative reaction. I don't know that I buy that. I mean, it's Baron Corbin. So. He's never gotten a good reaction. Ever. So, so we'll see. Who, but yeah. If you could hand pick an opponent for Kurt Angle's last match. Yes. Who would it be? Chad Gable. They wrestled on Raw. That's a, that is the yeah. one match I actually might go back and watch because that sounds amazing. Um, it does. I was going to say Chad Gable or Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, that's a good call too. Ignoring, let's ignore the fact that. Jason Jordan is supposedly Kurt Angle's son. Because now that Jason Jordan is most likely never coming back on WWE TV, I don't think we're ever going to address that storyline again. Thank you. Chad Gable is the is the son that Kurt Angle should have had. Like, he's sure. got the Olympic chops. He's got a similar look. He's got all the amateur moves. That would be the match that I'd be like, yes, you are literally passing the torch to this kid to be the new Olympic hero. If you want to go crazy and be symbolic, you give him the damn gold medals at the end of the match. Yeah. Yeah, that could be nice. And Chad Gable goes around and is like, I want these medals with a broken freaking neck. And everyone's like, no, you didn't. Stop saying that. <laughs> Eventually, like the Olympic Commission yes. is going to have to release a press statement. <laughs> Chad Gable did not win any gold medals. Yes. Um, 
So that would, you know, people are saying John Cena. I get how that makes sense. And it would be a big deal. And it's full it's circle. Poetic. It's poetic and full circle. Yes, I do get that. But that is not the match I would like to see. I would like to see Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin would be another great choice. Hopefully they wrestle. I guess it would be this, you know, before. If we're getting Kurt Angle's last series of matches, hopefully Shelton Benjamin is one of them. Yeah. So. I doubt it. Um, who would you like to see Oscar wrestle? You know very little about the storylines. You can pick anybody. Um, I would have her wrestle Charlotte Flair. That really would make a lot of sense. Like the fact that it's either going to be, according to the storyline, it's either going to be Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Naomi, or Carmella. There's not a good choice in that bunch. Not particularly. Like, you could have Ronda and Becky, you could have Charlotte and Asuka, and you have two very good women's matches. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like, they, as, I, as we've talked about before, they did very poorly by Asuka after last year's WrestleMania. Like, I had no problem with her losing the streak to Charlotte. That sure. made perfect sense. Sure. I just wish they had followed it up with, you know, not her disappearing have her go on another winning streak against everyone else. Just because she got beat once doesn't mean that she should suddenly be vulnerable to everyone. They could have had this year-long storyline of them being, you know, tit-for-tat with each other, going back and forth, and then this could have been, you know, their second big meetup, and they could have gone, you know, before the, whether you go with a 50-50 booking or whether Charlotte comes out on top again. Mm -hmm. what Like, that could have been... Like, a big, huge modern-day rivalry, especially given what that match at last year's WrestleMania really meant. Totally agree. But then they didn't, so, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, again, I'm sure, well, so here's another thing. If you had to guess, throw out the Andre Battle Royal. There are nine matches currently announced for WrestleMania. How many of them are multi-person matches? Triple threats, fatal four ways, all of that stuff. Out of the nine. Um, I'll say seven. One. There is one multi-person match, and that would be Ronda versus Becky versus Charlotte. As of right now, every other match that is officially announced is a huh. singles match. All right. U.S. title, singles match. Cruiserweight title, singles match. I'm just going to sit here and pretend I know who any of these champions are or who they're facing in these matches. We can play that game if you would like. I'm good. Okay. Uh, so I, I hope that changes because I would like to see more people. I understand you want the Battle Royal to have lots of talent, but... Eh. Is there going to be a women's Battle Royal again? Nothing's been announced. We're probably going to get the all signs are pointing to Sasha and Bailey versus Naya and Tamina versus the Iconics versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia, which is eight women right there. So, right. That's <clears throat> your battle. Royal. And, and again, I don't know how much you now. Granted, it's the WrestleMania women's battle royal, but it was the fabulous Moolah battle royal for a while. So you might want to just pretend that never happened. Hey, remember that time yeah. we had one battle royal? But that one time? 
Either yeah. way, I'm I'm excited for it. I you know I it is waning a little bit. I do feel bad about that, but I am sure it will be great. I just I honestly do feel like you know most of the year they're constantly um, shuffling storylines because there's so little time between pay per views. It seems like sure you know they're constantly starting up new programs, new programs, new programs. Sure, but for some reason when it gets to be after the Royal Rumble, um. It just takes too long to get to WrestleMania. They spend too much time on these storylines. And my, my major complaint is just the way they overcomplicate things. Again, I, I'm telling you, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky would have been a fine match a month ago, two months yeah. ago. Like, they've done nothing but, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen. And admittedly, I'm not watching the show, so I'm not seeing the pacing. I'm not seeing how it's received in real time. But from my perspective... They've done nothing but a disservice to that story by overcomplicating it. The general consensus is that it's been a little much. You know, people are enjoying that Rhonda has gone heel and is is doing all of this for the most part. Um, People are upset that the Women's Royal Rumble winner didn't immediately get a title shot. They feel like that kind of ruined the purpose of the Royal Rumble. You know, Becky Lynch won it and then had it. Yeah, but in away. fairness, she wasn't even in the match. So. True. Very true. I mean, I don't, they didn't ever go that way with the story as far as I could tell. But they could have. But they could have. Um, but yeah, I think people are feeling like it is a little, you know. But then again, the Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston storyline has people on the edge of their seats. Like, he ran the gauntlet, then screwed him again. So now, you know, it's possible that we're going to see some sort of mass walkout on SmackDown next week because all of these people, all of these wrestlers are on screen visibly giving their support for Kofi and he gets screwed. So so let me ask you a question. Sure. Can the WWE in this day and age be posting backstage promos about glass ceilings and being held back for certain kinds of performers, you know, all very vaguely worded, but, you know, clearly pointed uh, vocabulary. Yeah. Can they get away with posting that sort of thing and having Kofi Kingston lose at WrestleMania? Oh, he's not losing at WrestleMania. I don't think so either. No, no. Well, which is the, the funny part, because they're talking about you know what match is going to end wrestlemania this made all the sense in the world the first women's main event becky lynch the storyline is completing and they have told an equally if not more compelling story <clears throat> where they can claim their first air quotes african american wwe champion ignoring the rock ignoring booker t cuz that was the world heavyweight title that's different What are you doing with your shifty eyes? So, no, I think Kofi is definitely winning. And I'm all, again, I'm all for it. I think that's, you know, I'm really enjoying how this has worked. But this is the problem when there's three months, well, two and a half months to go in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. There's just, you you want to have a monthly We're the same people who, you know, say, oh, they need long-term storytelling. It's not the long-term storytelling that's the problem, in theory. It's just, I think, how they go about doing it. How's your chicken? 
Um, it's good. I don't have any non though. Well, what do you plan to do about that? I'm hoping that Mrs. Manson comes back with some. Did you mention it to her? Or are you hoping she just? She said that she was going to be right back. Ah, well then let's assume. Then let's assume that she will be bringing you some, and you will be so happy. Uh, I'm happy because we've got emails. Unless there's something else you'd like to discuss. No. Um, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We've got uh, seven as of now. Maybe we'll get a last-minute one. You never know. Uh, the first one comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter. Let me know if you'd like me to read these so you can eat. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Hello, guys. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Again, a couple episodes behind. March Madness Serial episode was one of the best episodes you guys have ever done. One quick correction. What? I'd like to point out, I still have another tournament just waiting. Tricks were small round balls of cereal before they were fruit shapes, but you were correct in saying they don't taste the same as they used to. And also correct about the Cheerio aftertaste. What the hell is that? Anyways, my final four cereal would be, in no particular order, Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, Honey Nut Checks, and Frosted Rice Krispies, with Fruit Loops winning the whole thing. Going back even a couple more episodes, that's cool. You've been to Backdoor Donuts on the Vineyard. Love that place. Yes, let's definitely meet up for a donut next time you are here, and would definitely be interested in doing an episode of Question Marks. Where is the list? Have a great day. Jeffrey from Massachusetts. Who doesn't have Twitter sent for my iPhone? <clears throat> Jeffrey, you got to catch up, man. Uh, the list is um, in cryogenic stasis until Doc Manson chooses to bring it out. Am I wrong? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. You, you know, we, we have the stuff. We can do it. It's just... <clears throat> We, we do our one episode a week, and then we're like, yeah, maybe at some point we'll get together and do more. Although, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. As of right now, my weekend is fairly open. Did some non just arrive to you? Some non did just arrive. Thank you. Mrs. Manson, you're the best. Wow. She's going to be really excited for that moment when she's taking her walk tomorrow and listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. She <clears throat> always is. Yeah, uh, my weekend's fairly open. If you wanted to bulk record some lists, we don't have to don't put them really. out every week. Oh, okay, well, all right. I'm kind of happy with the list just being dead. <laughs> okay. To be perfectly honest. Okay, well, then, people, if you want the list back, you know what to do. At Doc Manson or podcast at ddtwrestling.com, you got to try to change his mind. Here's I don't a know promise. How to do it. The list will come back. As soon as Doc, as soon as Doc Manson is in the NAI Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, it's been fun, everyone. The Undertaker is the greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, move on with your lives. <laughs> uh, the next, get them, get them to change their mind, and I will bring back the list immediately. The next email comes from the Belt Makers, DDT Wrestling, dear sir or madam. We are manufacturer and exporter of finest quality custom championship and boxing belts of all kind. Please let us know your interest requirements so we may send you our prices. Awaiting your favorable reply, 
with best regards, Hamza Ahmed of the Beltmakers in Pakistan. Um, the only reason this email stayed, and I didn't delete it, if you could create a DDT wrestling title, what would it look like? Hmm. What, would, what would the graphic be? Would there be side plates? What would it say? Um, it would say the DDT title, and on the sides would have pictures of us. Okay, making love. Oh, to our wives. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and each other. <laughs> At the same. Wow. We've. You and I have grappled in our underwear before. <laughs> Not sure either of our wives are interested in partaking. No, probably not. Um, Mitchell Monroe, this is I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get yelled at here. Uh, Mitchell Monroe, pseudonyms. Here's a good topic. On Twitter, it is incredibly prevalent to have pseudonyms whether it be for privacy, fun, or branding. But I got to wondering about the origins of those pseudonyms. For example, my handle on almost anything is TC Clockworth. Recently, I started going by that exclusively on Twitter, so I could keep my profile public, but still safe, since my wife and I would like to be foster parents someday. You really should change your name so I stop saying it every episode, TC Clockworth. This name came about from just a random conversation I had with some friends during high school, when we were just making up nonsensical, snooty, upper-class, monocle-worthy names for each other. Mine was T.C. Clockworth. As it turns out, that's random enough to never be taken on any platform, so I took to using it. So my question is, what are the origin stories of the handles, D.C. Matthews <clears throat> and Doc Manson? Well, I take offense, T.C., if that's your real name. Um, to you presuming that is this is a pseudonym, how do you know I'm not Mr. Matthews in the classroom? You don't. Could be my name. It's not. It's not the point. It could be. But it's not. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So uh, the way this came about is we started a website called... <clears throat> The, the number two contenders. True. And back in those days, I came up with the pseudonym Doc Manson. One, because I'm a fucking doctor. And two, because it was a it was a, a website dedicated to wrestling. I wanted to have an homage to my favorite wrestler, who is Mick Foley. And uh, in his early days, very, very rarely used. But the Cactus Jack character was at one time known as Cactus Jack Manson. So I guess sort of thought I liked the way that sounded. Um, and, you know, certainly the Manson character also has some, uh, you know, it sounded appropriate for like a horror movie as well, given, you know, the other sort of man, the other Manson that is probably more famous than Cactus Jack Manson. Bob. And um, Bob Manson. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that's where that came from. And, and back in those days, DC Matthews was known as the teacher. And you see, I then dropped off the web, as I do periodically. Um, I did not 
I was not on Twitter actively. I wasn't writing on the site anymore. And the teacher, um, he went on to meet up with the New Age insiders, and they started talking, and he was getting more and more involved with them. And at some point, he decided to steal my initials of my pseudonym. For some reason, he really liked the way that that DM looked. And he said, well, how, what can I do to come up with a name that would also abbreviate to DM? And, uh, and uh, he, he, just, he just pulled it out of his butt just to steal False. my initials. False. What's that? False. It that's, is not. That's it how was, I see it. Uh, I understand that's how you see it, but that is not. It was not stolen. I don't even know that I realized we would share the same initials. Although it worked out because we became DDT. Like otherwise, if I had become like you know, Bob Matthews, we would have been BDT, which is a weird thing. You um, could have been Dimitri. Could have been. So what Derek, happened? David. What happened? Dunce. I was I, at one point. I had options that I was writing down, and I wanted to pay homage to my favorite wrestler, Mister William Regal. And spoilers, Mister William Regal's name is Darren Matthews. And so I was like, "Well, I can't be Darren Matthews. That's just too obvious." And I knew I wanted there to be some initials in there because I've always thought, you know, like JT on Step by Step, he was always cool. DJ Tanner from Full House. She was always cool. Oh, JT- yes. DJ Tanner. The cool one. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you know. Um, and so I was playing around with things, and then I went, all right, well, I'm, you know, the first creator wrestler I created was Christian Hardcore. So if I went with Darren Christian Matthews, I could be DC. Hey, DC Matthews. So that is where my pseudonym came from. But I'm also I'm going full warrior and I'm getting my name legally changed to DC Matthews. No, you're not. Okay. You're so, terrified yes. of people learning your real name. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, that is the uh, that is the the story there, TC Clockworth. Let me ask you a question about pseudonyms. Sure. In the past, yes, I've considered, you know, the full Monty going the full Monty. In terms of revealing my secret identity. Sure. John. If that is my real name. But as I've been working on my other project. Yeah. I have begun seriously considering beginning that project underneath my actual name. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, well, selfishly, and as an only child, that is really the only way that I know how to speak. Um, I don't like it because someone who had lots of time to spend could search your name and potentially find a connection to me. I'm not sure how, since I don't do a lot of social media under my real name. Um, right. And in fact, the one place where you would have your real name, I don't think you have an account there. I don't. Uh, and truthfully, you can do whatever you want. Honestly, you can do yeah. whatever you want. I'm not sure GQ's willing to go that far with you. So it no, would he's be, not. He's it not. would be weird to have John Marston and GQ. Well, yeah, but I'm actually not talking about that project. Oh, 
Wait, which project are you talking about? I'm talking about the solo project. Yeah, but I thought that solo project was going to involve GQ in some fashion. Oh, um, not, I mean, yes, it, might, it may, but not necessarily as, like, a personality, as a host or anything. Okay. There, there is another project we have been working on with the two of us co-hosting, yes. perhaps. No, yes, I just assumed that. And I would maintain the Doc Manson name for that. Okay. But I wouldn't necessarily, you know, draw attention between the sure. two shows. No. You think that would still work out? Yes. I mean, I think people like in our Patreon who really know us, um, they would put it together. They would know who I was. I think... The, but, outside, but I don't care honestly, about them. Honestly. Like, I think that's I think fine. the people who would go to that, to that extreme either aren't the type of people to go to that extreme so you don't have to worry about it, or you don't care. Like, if right. Glenn learns our real names, it's probably not the end of the world. No. I don't think so. You know, I don't know that Chip knows my real name, which is hilarious, considering <laughs> I have his, like, his number is in my phone. We have text <clears throat> regularly, but I don't think he knows my real name. So I am assuming I am in his phone as DC Matthews. Um, yeah. I don't know, because just the, the, again, the show you, I'm working on, you, I'm, I'm pouring a lot of, yeah, I'm just pouring a lot of myself into yeah. it. It's kind of academic. I, I, I do have, feel like... There's a there's a certain amount of credibility that comes along with actually attaching sure. your name to something. I I have a project that has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. It has absolutely nothing to do with podcasting. I literally just started it two days ago, but it's something that I'm going to be doing, and I will most certainly be using my real name. But it's it's such a divergence that I don't think that matters. Um, I I don't think it's a problem at all. Hmm. Just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, no, I think that works. But the other part of it, though, is I actually don't like my real name. So then I start thinking about coming up with a pseudonym, not to hide my identity, but just to sound cooler. Now, part of me wonders if you could keep the Manson part. And I know we've had conversations as to whether or not you should because of the connotations to, you know, unsavory characters in history's past. Um, But I wonder if you, you know, you could use your real first name. And keep the Manson, and then, you know. So my real first name is Doc. No, it's not. I should have said well, yes. Well, it is. I should have said yes, it is. That's not how it works. My first name's not Mr. Okay, fine. It's not my first name, but it's still an actual salutation that you would yes. use to refer to me. Yes. So I think, you know, now, that part now already you could keep is that true. Part too. You could keep that part, too. You could be Dr. John. And that could be the host of the show. You would sound a little bit like a late night DJ. It's Dr. John and the Wolf. Yeah, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's just a thought. Yeah. If you could change your last name, what would you want it? It would need to to be like one or two syllables, two syllables, probably. My my, my last name just has too many syllables. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah, so I just I've, I've never liked it. It's too I don't This is going it's it sounds weird for me to say, but it's too ethnic, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I, I just I would I take I honestly maybe what you want to do is you want to take the second and the fourth syllable out and just keep the first and third. Don't say it. <laughs> you might need to write it down. 
<laughs> you might have, just have to say it to me afterwards because okay. I'm just doing it in my head and it doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, it's, but a I game. Have, it's I, not going to make any sense, but it sounds cool. I was thinking, I was actually thinking about just keeping the first two syllables. Okay. No, you don't like that? I like, the, well, you could keep the first three. This is the worst conversation we've ever had. I don't like the first three. Okay. Huh. The fourth, Anyways, the fourth one's the one where you run into problems. I agreed. Yeah, okay. I mean, yes, but... You could just be the first syllable. I could. Yeah. All right. Very bad. While uh, while Doc thinks about his future aliases, uh, Jeremy, the lineup, just had this great idea. Numerically order this assortment of the greatest siblings in professional wrestling. Are you going to start banning list-type questions since you're yes. so... Yes. <laughs> Jeremy, your question is banned. <laughs> uh, numerically order this assortment of the greatest siblings. Bruce and Dr. Tom, that would be the Pritchards. Sean and Steve Simpson. Bill and Randy Mulkey. Scott and Bill Irwin. Dave and Earl Hebner. By the way, this would make for a wonderful podcast. The tally, the directory, the inventory, the enumerated table. Call it what you like. It's podcast gold. Until next time, I await listlessly. Oh, you're a clever boy, EPL at NFL. You're a clever little monkey. Just, I told you, man, I promise the list will return as soon as you get the New Age Insiders to induct Doc into the Hall of Fame. Uh, um, I would say the Hebners, the Pritchards, the Mulkies, the Irwins, and the Simpsons. That would be my ranking. I know who the Hepners are, and I know who the Pritchards are. Uh, the Mulkies were famous jobbers. Uh, Bill Irwin is the goon. Okay, yeah. Um, I what don't... about Steve Irwin? Oh, man. The goon and the crocodile hunter? <laughs> In an alternate universe. Mm. Glenn, the show of shows. Mm. Hi, guys. As it's pointing at the sign, sorry, WrestleMania season, what are your top five WrestleMania moments? I'll email next week with mine. Thanks, Glenn. Acceptable or banned? Acceptable. It's Glenn. I'll let it slide. Okay. Um, this is not necessarily the order, but Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. Sure. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Winning the championship. Sure. At 30. Um, Macho Man winning. Was that WrestleMania 3 or 4? Four? 4. Sure. Yeah, that's right. 4. Yep. Um, hmm. Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. No, uh, not really. But, yes, because really, he uses ether and makes it pass out pretty good but from that show this is not you know a wrestling moment don't steal my moment well then you can say it because it is that moment you can say it go ahead it's it is it's it bobby heenan riding backwards on that camel it's the first thing i wrote down yeah i mean that's that's got to be on there yeah um what else that's what four that i, I got? have um sean michael saying i'm sorry i love you and super kicking rick flair okay the drama yeah. of that is amazing um 
I personally, Owen Hart beating Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. Okay. Um, Good one. I have a savage moment, but it's not that one. It's Miss Elizabeth coming out of the crowd after all those years to stop Sherry from beating him up. And which, which one is that? I think that's seven. Okay, and that's so a good it's, moment. It's the reunion. That's a good moment. It's the reunion of Randy and Liz. Um, I actually, yeah, I might give that to the. That might be the moment yeah. for them. Um, Heenan, obviously, on the camel is the greatest moment in the history of wrestling ever. And was Jake the Snake and the Martell? At that was Red also Mania? seven. I would again yeah. if I'm listing my favorite matches. That's going to make it, but. Um, but even just like honestly, him pointing around that oh, ring yeah. and the audience responding sure. like that is a great moment. You, you can't go wrong with Daniel Bryan. That's a good one. The yes movement yeah, finally solid. coming to coit. You know. Um, yeah. I could also go for you know Goldust being stripped down to his lingerie at WrestleMania 12 at the end of the Backlot Brawl. I mean, and honestly, it's unfortunate with everything that happened afterwards. But similar to Daniel Bryan, I think. Benoit's journey to becoming oh, sure. champion at WrestleMania 20 was mm-hmm. Austin, also quite Austin impactful. passing out in the sharpshooter, WrestleMania 13. That's yeah, a good great moment. moment. Yep. So I guess we failed to put together a top five list. What else is new? <laughs> but there's a ton of good stuff. Uh, Danielle Sullivan, spring break. Hello. Yay, it's spring break. I had a lot of deadlines last week, so I didn't have too much time writing out emails. Thanks, Mrs. Manson, for answering my gardening questions two weeks ago. Lettuce is starting to sprout and germinate under my grow lamp in my kitchen. My cat hasn't destroyed the plant yet, which is wonderful. Yay! The Royal Rumble and Fastlane's been the only current WWE product I've watched recently, but I still plan on having a WrestleMania party with some friends. I'll also be attending a Renaissance Fair on the morning of WrestleMania. Have you ever been to a Renaissance Fair? I have not, but I would like to eat mutton. Yeah, I kind of want to go to one. I've been continuing watching Raws from the WWE Network catalog. I started with 96 two to three years ago, and I'm now on 2002. I've definitely Mm. preferred this lead up to the Ruthless Aggression Era compared to some of the 97 to 99 events. All right, except for the Ministry of Darkness and a majority of what The Undertaker was involved in. So my question is about Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2002. He stopped appearing on Raw, just walked out, and WWE played on that. I don't know much of the history of that time with Stone Cold, but I know that he had burnout at that time. I've enjoyed how WWE has capitalized on Stone Cold's absence by playing the crowd, and then to cue his music to then have it changed to Eddie Guerrero's music. This week's questions. Do you think WWE can ever successfully tread the line between the audience and the fourth wall? Does social media alter that bridge? They've done it a few times with CM Punk, John Cena, and will probably try again with Dean Ambrose, but Ambrose doesn't do much for me, unfortunately. And question two, hey, we already answered it. Have y'all ever gone to a Renaissance Fair? Any fun memories? No, we have not, but we would like to. Enjoyed last week's discussion on time travel. I, too, would go to the past. If I go to the future, I'm calling the doctor. That's you. That is me. Cheers, Danielle. Um, Do I ever think... WWE can ever successfully tread the line between the audience and the fourth wall. Part of me wants to say no, because I don't know that it's any, like, unless you're Deadpool. Like, yeah, like they're the doing it wall. now. Like, they are, you know, furthering kayfabe stuff, but like on Twitter, you know, sure. but by breaking kayfabe in some ways. Yeah. But at the same time, 
Um, I think the key to our question is, can they ever do it successfully? And just the nature of social media is such that you can never do anything that will be successful for everyone. You're always going to have a large, very vocal minority of haters, um, no matter what you do. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure that you can do anything like that successfully uh, in the modern age. You're always going to have very loud detractors. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Either people who actually don't like it or people who just think negativity is cool. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of Eddie Guerrero, I know I mentioned the Benoit moment from WrestleMania 20, but if I had to narrow down the moment, it is Guerrero coming out at the end of that show and the two of them embracing and oh, absolutely. having won the championships that yeah. night. That That is the moment. Anyways. Our final email of the evening comes from Bosk. Hello, Hello, DC and Doc. Great run of podcasts. Yes, I'm from the state of Maine. Oh, I had this A question, too. A couple of too. questions. Doc, can you give any insight to the Google Stadia? Yes, I can. I, too, have all my old gaming consoles except for my original Xbox. I bring out the NES every once in a while to play Maniac Mansion. Great game. That is a great game. In honor of just finishing RDR 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, what would be your guys' spirit animal? R2-D2. Best to you and yours, Bosquet. Remember, Main Maple Sunday is this Sunday. I didn't know what? that. Well, um, I did have this question. I'm glad he he remembered or reminded me of it. Uh, Doc, please talk about the Google Stadia. Stadia? Stadia? Stadia. Stadia. Um, it's there. They, they had an announcement at a Games Developer Conference. We kind of talked a little bit about it last week in the context of Microsoft and whatever their streaming plans are in the future. But this is Google, obviously. Um, they're claiming to be able to leverage their data centers to deliver streaming games um to the end user the interesting thing about it is while they talked a whole lot about the technology and i do think the technology is really cool um i'm still waiting to see what their business model is um they didn't talk about that at all are you still going to have to spend 60 dollars on every game are you going to pay them a monthly subscriptions fee and just get access to a catalog like microsoft games pass are you going to pay them by the hour that you use their service like they haven't talked about this at all and the reason why it matters is because like if you're not just straight up charging $60 a game I um, mean even if you are how does the developer get paid you know what I mean because even if you're still charging $60 then some of that money has to go into running the Stadia service on Google's end so I, I just I sort of wonder how sustainable that can be for developers. And I'm actually wondering what kinds of deals they're actually cutting with Google. I, I imagine a lot of that, those talks are happening now, you know, just as we're leaving the Games Developer Conference. It's a conference where a lot of those people sort of get together and have those business meetings. So I think over the next little bit of time, more information about that will start to leak out. But yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, and th so... In terms of the actual service, you know, I think it's great being able to run modern AAA games on any platform. You can run it on your phone. You can run it on your Chromebook. You don't need to have a powerful computer to play the best games anymore. All you need to do is have something that can run a browser, have yourself a controller, and boom, you're ready to go. And I will say um, that Stadia controller that they've made is actually really cool. It's cool that um, you can use any controller you want on a PC, 
But if you want to use um, this service with a Chromecast, at the very least, it sounds like you're going to need to use the Google Stadia controller. And the cool thing about that is the controller actually, over the Wi-Fi connection, directly connects um, to the server that's controlling the game, which I actually think is a really clever way um, to eliminate part of the latency that comes with first connecting the controller to a local device, which then has to relay the signal to the data center and back. It removes one of the jumps. And I actually think that's a really clever use of technology. And I'm sort of interested to see how that really pans out and works. Um, that said, you know, they're saying to get 1080p, um, 60 frames a second with their codecs and latency, um, it's going to be, you're going to need like a 20 uh, megabit per second connection, which I think most people these days have. For 4K, they're saying 30, sustained. I'm sort of, I'm just, I'm interested to see how this actually runs in the wild. Is it going to be rock solid? Are you going to have, you know, performance jumping up and down just like a YouTube video does sometimes? I will say YouTube videos for me have been pretty rock solid the last couple of years. I don't see a lot of jumping around quality levels anymore like I used to. Um, so it gives me some hope that maybe this actually will be high speed and fast and look great. Um, but, you know, until I actually see it in practice, I'm going to be a little bit doubtful. And certainly, you know, having to send controller inputs back and forth does make this a little bit of a different beast um, than simply streaming video. So I don't know. I'm excited by it. I think it's like one of the first really big different things that a video game company has ever has done in recent memory. But it also sort of the one thing about it, it's sort of like is also the worst part of our potential dark technological future. You know what I mean? Like this is one company that you're now putting in charge of your entire potential, like potentially like if you commit to this service, right, you're gonna get all your video games through Google. What happens when they lose streaming rights to a game that you paid for? Does it just disappear? I mean, what happens when they say in three years from now, oh, yeah, we put a lot of money into this. It just didn't take off. Just like, you know, Google Plus or any other very yep. large, splashy service that Google put a lot of oomph behind but didn't quite pan out. What happens to your if you happen to be one of the people who develop a game library there and they shut the service down? What then? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Steam, which is, yes, all digital. But at the very least, like, you would know they were, you'll probably know, not necessarily, but assuming you knew when they were shutting down, you could go onto Steam, you could download all of your games, you could put them into offline mode, and potentially at least you could play them in perpetuity. I'm yeah. um, assuming they weren't reliant on servers of some kind. But here, everything's a server. You know what I mean? And like, Google is leveraging their AI. Like, like, tell exactly where you are in a game. Because you've got an AI that can spend hundreds of hours staring at a game, right? They know every angle of every view possible in a game. So they're watching you on the stream that you're sending back to their data servers. And this is actually a cool piece of technology, right? They can see where you are. And if you get stuck, they have a button on the damn controller, which will call up a YouTube video that will show you how to get past the part in the game you're in. And not only will it bring up the, the correct video, it says it will jump you to the moment in the video that's actually relevant to where you are in the level. Think about the amount of information that you are just giving to Google. Think about what they are telling you about what kind of person you are, whether you play things cautiously, whether you are aggressive, and think about how they might use that 
knowing that about your personality to better target ads at you and to sell that information to others. Like I said, it just it's it's really cool technology, but also knowing the kind of company that Google is, there's a lot of real nefarious sort of bullshit that they could mine out of this, which I actually think is kind of scary. Um but still really Yeah, I started cool. out being excited and now I think I'm just going to go off the grid and live in a yeah. cave somewhere. Um, I honestly at this point do try to not use any Google services when I can get around it. Yeah. I I think when it comes to the game itself, I have to imagine it's going to be some sort of subscription service, almost like a Netflix sort of thing. Like you pay for this and you have access to our library because like you said, if they disappear or, you know, like, at least at first. I don't know. But I, I don't know. I know very little about this stuff. I heard it was coming out. I heard it was supposed to be revolutionary. And I said to myself, self, I will wait for Doc Manson to fill me in. In fairness, though, I, I bet you I will give it a shot. I think that controller is cool. I think the idea of being able to play it wherever I want to on any device I happen to have. If they can run Chrome browser... It can run these games. I, I think there's something really cool to that. But I'm also going to wait to see what uh, Microsoft's solution is. Because if anything, this has probably given them a kick in the pants to put together an excellent presentation on their own comparable technologies that they'll probably show us at E3 this year. So I'm actually sort of interested to see, as a company that you know has a longer history and more of a vested interest in the video game market... I'm actually more interested to see what Microsoft does with it than Google. Um, but we'll see. We will see. It sounds like you're very positive on it with some with some hesitations, but just in terms of the game possibilities itself. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, what it means is you don't have to spend $500 on an X-Bone or a PlayStation 5, right? Yeah. You can buy this controller and you can take your shitty little Chromebook that you bought for $100 three years ago and you can run the latest, greatest uh, Assassin's Creed game on it. You would love that. Most people would love that. There's no reason. There's nothing about that not to love. Except, again, when I start thinking about what kind of company Google actually is, the amount of analytics they actually start to track, at some point, that, again, to me, that starts to get a little scary. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because there's literally nothing that you're doing in that game now that they don't have every single angle and piece of data on. Um, I just, it's, I don't know. It's weird to think about. So what is your actual piece of positivity for this week? Well, what's your spirit animal? You have to answer. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Bosk's question. I feel like you would be a tranquilized bear. That is the only answer that I was going to (laughs) go. I'm a bear who is doped up and sluggish. What's my spirit animal? What do you think? I don't want to give an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Are you afraid of offending me? Um, No, I don't know. I, 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 there there was one, there was one name that came to mind, but I don't know that I know enough about the actual character to, hmm. I like to think of myself as an otter. I, I think an otter would be my spirit animal. Okay. I think I could, you know, get into a body of water and sort of just lay back, do a back float, and just sort of slap my hands on my belly 
and eat all day long. Like that sounds like a good life. So that works. I, I could go with an otter. The otter and the bear. Yeah. Which pretty sure both terms for other things. Huh. If I remember correctly. Huh. From my younger days. Hmm. Um, so what is your piece of positivity? My piece of positivity. Hmm. For this week. I will go with a, a movie. Oh, no, not not a movie. Um, well, maybe a movie. I, I've, I, okay, I suddenly have too many pieces of positivity. Would you like um, me to go first trailer, while you think about it? There was another trailer this week for the new Godzilla movie, which I think looks fantastic. I'm looking very forward to it. Good. Um, Rodan, Mothra, King Ghidorah all look awesome in these new special effects. Uh, I'm look, very looking forward to that. Um, I am looking forward also to the trailer that dropped just recently for the third season of Stranger Things. Stranger Things looks awesome, as always. I'm really looking forward to where that show goes. If you guys don't watch Stranger Things, I recommend it. And just the other day, my third piece of positivity, I watched um, the 1971? 1972? Uh, I watched the Italian uh, horror film A Bay of Blood, uh, also better known... Well, it's better known by A Bay of Blood, but <clears throat> 1971. But the the translation of the Italian title actually translates to Twitch of the Death Nerve, which I think is a much cooler title. A lot of those direct translation titles from from films of this era, I always I always tend to like more than the actual Americanized titles that they get. Uh but yeah, so 1971 uh, directed by Mario Bava, who is this big time, you know, uh, Italian horror director, done, did a ton of films. Bay of Blood is, it's a, it's a, it's really a, a giallo film, which is sort of like a very plot heavy Italian precursor to the slasher film. And this is like one of the very first, like this is one of the first films that a lot of like film historians will say was a direct inspiration uh, for, you know, in the 1980 film of Friday the 13th. So definitely, I could definitely see some of the similarities, the lakeside horror, the teenagers and stuff. But again, it very much had those giallo elements, very plot heavy, whereas slashers really aren't known, you know, for for plot. They're sort of just Slasher. more loose, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, an hour, 27 minutes. I think I watched it on Hoopla, one of those services that you can get through your library. Uh, so just, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm trying to make more of an effort to 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 look into you know the origins of, of not only horror, but also different subgenres. And slashers are one of my favorites of all time. So I haven't actually seen a lot of Italian films in the horror genre previously. I've seen some. I'm really trying to, you know, educate myself on them and, I, and i'm really enjoying uh the journey so that 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 would be my big one how academic of you thank you hmm. um hmm. i'll go i'm i'm behind a little behind the eight ball but uh mrs matthews and i went out this weekend and saw captain marvel actually not this weekend tuesday we went on tuesday after work and uh saw captain marvel i loved it 
it might be in my top five of Marvel movies. Um, up there with Winter Soldier and Civil War, the first two thirds, and Thor Ragnarok. It was hilarious. I thought the story was very good. Um, this was the first, you know, Wonder Woman was a good movie, was centered around a female superhero, but this was the first movie that I walked out of and being like, I want all of my female students that I've ever had to go see this movie because there's something there for them necessarily, you know. Um, so I liked it. I really recommend it. I think, you know, some cool. people, uh, you know, criticized it that it was a little too boring and it was, you know, had too many, uh, you know, setting up story pieces. And, but I think that's kind of the name of the game in this sense. So, uh, there's a twist around halfway to two thirds through that I did not see coming and absolutely loved. So I recommend it. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, check it out. But while you've got me thinking about superhero films, I just want to say, you know, uh, Batista comes out on Raw and demands on television uh, that he gets what he wants. Give him what he wants. And then James Gunn uh, is allowed to direct the movie again. And James Gunn has been rehired to direct. WWE is so powerful. I'm so happy. Batista got it done. He did. Good for you, Dave. Standing ovation. Good for you, Dave. Standing ovation. Uh, Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to this episode, as well as to all of our back catalog, by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support towards DC and Doc to help us keep the lights on and the podcast train a chugging. You know what to do if you want the list, folks. You know what you need to do. Hashtag Doc for Hall of Fame. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson, otherwise known as the Otter. I am DC <laughs> Matthews at the DC Matthews, otherwise known as the Bear. Oh, man. <laughs> and until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties?